Good evening, dear listeners. You are tuned in to CJSR FM 88.5, and this is Moving Radio. I'm your host, Christian Zip, and join me, please, won't you, for the next one and a half hours, we take a look at local Canadian and independent cinema. Well, I was lucky enough to uh, talk to one of the directors, a co-director, if you will, co-producer, co-subject of the film, Tiny, a story about living small. It's going to be playing as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival, and that's going to be on September 28th, that's Saturday, September 28th, at 10.30 a.m., So, of course, we talk a little bit about the film and his experience of being in the film and making his first documentary. As well, on top of covering the Edmonton International Film Festival, we talk to a director who's had his work there, and actually he's working outside of Edmonton right now, more like, I guess, learning outside of Edmonton. You may know him if you're familiar with some of his film work around town or possibly his work with Rapid Fire Improv and more. His name is Arlen Konopaki. He's been on the film on the show uh, quite a few times before, a friend of the show, if you will. He's at NYU Film School right now, completing his MFA degree in film direction. So we're going to talk to him about what that experience is like being at NYU, um, being an expat of Edmonton, and uh, where his cinematic career and his cinematic creati- creativity has grown in the last year being at NYU. And on top of that, we cover some of the highlights of coming up for the Edmonton International Film Festival, which of course is opening September 26th and goes all the way through to October 5th. But before we kick it off, I'm going to remind you people to make sure that you're listening for the next two following Fridays as well, where we have our Fun Drive show. That's right, Fun Drive is coming up, so you have two live show opportunities to phone in and donate, or you can get online and donate. Um, But either way, donating to CJSR, an incredibly kind gesture to us, community radio that serves you. So, why don't we kick off this week's show with an interview with the director, producer, and subject of the film Tiny, a story about living small. It's Christopher Smith. In a few months, I'll be 30 years old. And for the first time, I'm thinking about putting down roots. So I ask myself, what makes a good home? Since 1970, the average house size in the United States has doubled. But for some people, bigger isn't necessarily better. I heard about these people who live in tiny houses and I wanted to know more. You know, I I guess the primary asset that comes with a small house is freedom. It's really just, uh, the world gets a lot bigger when you're living small because I can can afford to do a lot more things now in terms of both cash and time. Um, The whole world is now my living room. Joining me on the phone today is Christopher Smith. He is co-director, producer, and cinematographer of the film Tiny. A story about living small. It's a documentary that's going to be featured as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival. And you know that's coming up on the 25th. It's right at the end of the month. And as always, every screening of every film at the EIFF will be found at the Empire City Center Cinemas. Christopher, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you on the show. Maybe let's tell people about Tiny, a story about living small and, uh, and what it's actually about. It's a feature documentary that, that follows 
my story, but um, and also my, my girlfriend's story about building a tiny house. Also, kind of features other people who happen to live in tiny houses around uh, the U.S. And for those who don't know, a tiny house is a house that is, um, or the way we define it, is a house under 200 square feet, and they're usually built on wheels to sort of circumnavigate building codes. There's a lot of elements to this as well within the film necessarily. So let's talk about what kind of, you know, spurred this idea. Was it a matter of like you kind of could see what was happening around you and you were, you know, kind of sick of the amount of space that we seem to be taking up? Because urban sprawl in a lot of different areas, even in this town itself, is is kind of out of control. And those are one of the reasons, right? Because we just, we kind of get greedy about our own space, even though we seem to have an embarrassingly large amount of it. So maybe what was your inspiration um, to take this journey? So, so building the house came first. And for me, setting out to, to build my own house had actually been a lifelong dream. And initially, I had thought that I would build more of a, a cabin in the mountains. But I wanted something probably around three to 400 square feet that was manageable, easy to build, that would be something that I could return to and kind of put down roots in a certain area. When I started to build the house, it, for me, it wasn't really like this mission to show anything. It was it was actually just a desire to kind of connect with a place and and to have that experience of building the house. I started sort of planning to, to do this. I was also looking for a short um, film subject to make a documentary about. And my girlfriend at the time, Marette, suggested, well, you know, this is actually kind of an interesting story. I took a little bit of convincing, but I thought, well, if you should come on board and, and help make it. I and mean, then we will actually, uh, you know, kind of do it together. So that's kind of how the genesis of the project and kind of how I got involved. Um, having said that, uh, there is, within the tiny house community, that's exactly what they're reacting to, what you talked about, which is the buying large houses and living large lives without really thinking about it. You know, there's, it's sort of like people are on autopilot, and they just, you know, this is just what we do. And I think the tiny house movement is actually a reaction to that, and it's more of like an attempt or an effort to slow down and actually make choices that we want to make and that are good for us and not really just react and, and not just act out of out of what is culturally most popular at the moment. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is tiny houses really are a reductionist approach to living. You know, it's like you can strip down a house to smallest pieces, yet it still feels like a home. What is it about that that makes a home? And then from there, you can sort of, build back up and decide what to include in your house. So you're not really just creating a home out of whatever you, you, know, you buy, but you're making these deliberate choices to create the kind of home and the kind of lifestyle that's appropriate for you. We're speaking on the phone today with Christopher Smith, co-director, co-producer, and cinematographer of the film Tiny, a story about living small. It's going to be playing as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival. Christopher, when I was going through some of the press stuff, uh, one of the things that kind of jumped out at me about the film is when you say that uh, you walk away with unexpected lessons about the meaning of home, uh, the importance of place, and the personal impact with sticking with a project that became bigger than you'd ever imagined, which is kind of, uh, I guess, the bittersweet irony of this whole thing is that (laughs) you're looking at making this place really small, but there's so many more ideas connected to the fact of constructing your own home and and downsizing to a certain extent to the point where you almost feel like ridiculed and that you're like this is this is foolish. It's the anti dream that every 
everyone has, right? So maybe tell us a little bit about uh, this personal journey uh, with your creative partner as well as, you know, your partner in building this, Marette Mueller, and uh, and a little bit about what you discover about each other and about what you wanted. I have a tendency to just jump into things and not really think them all the way through. You know, and I managed to pull them off <laughs> most of the time, but but I think this is an example of that in, in the extreme. And Marette is kind of the opposite. She tends to be more deliberate about her approach to, to doing things and really thinking through. And so in the early days, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be able to get this done, no problem. You know, three, four months, you know, we have some interviews of me saying that I, that I think it'll take three months. And, uh, you know, the whole time where it's like, you know, sort of doubtful and skeptical of that. And sure enough, um, without reading the film, it takes longer than that. What's interesting is, is that, you know, when you think about a tiny house, you think that, oh, it's, it's small, it can't be that much work. But actually, they're built so similar to real houses that it is it takes quite a lot of effort, way more than I anticipated. You know, I had to learn quite a lot about myself to make it through that. You know, in the early days of building, I was out there by myself filming and building, you know, 12 hours a day. So I had to learn the steps I was doing before I would do them that day. And the learning part took a long time. The building part took a long time. And, you know, it, it was just a challenge every step of the way. There was no easy moment. And then you add on top of that, making a film about it, and, you know, this is my first uh, feature documentary, Marette's first film, you know, that added a whole level of complexity that most tiny house builders don't even have to deal with. So we, we you know, definitely had a lot on our plate, and I know I personally grew quite a bit um, from having to overcome a lot of those that learning curve. In terms of our relationship, Marette and I, you know, it was also a challenge to learn how to navigate the issues that come with such a large project. Um, we've had a number of people come up to us and say, you know, you know, we just remodeled our house and we weren't even doing the work and we almost got divorced or <laughs> something like that. And so, you know, these, these types of creative projects and, and home building projects can take a toll on relationships. But the overall lesson we took away really is that homes, you know, really are mostly about who you're building it with and the relationships that inhabit those homes. And that was a really important lesson that we took away from this project. Speaking on the phone today with Christopher Smith, and we're discussing the film Tiny, a story about living small. It's part of the Edmonton International Film Festival, and it screens on and Saturday, September 28th, uh, as part of that fest. How hard is it, Christopher, to, to kind of negotiate being subject as well as trying to film and, and and really trying to like think about this this project cinematically as well was that really a, a, a tough road to negotiate and also considering that it's your first project kind of like this was that a lot of uh, balls in the air to be juggling for you it's really interesting to make a film about yourself and I think anyone who's done this could probably relate to it what I'm about to say and that's in the early days you, you're really looking when you're editing the footage or watching the footage or thinking about um, the story it's always filtered through this lens of this is me. You know, you're making decisions based on that where, and then over time it kind of changes. And all of a sudden you, you realize that in order to make a good film and also just naturally you kind of, your perception kind of changes to these are characters in a story. I'm not developed enough or, you know, it was, it was, it was like, well, are you saying this as you or as your, or as like an objective, my character isn't developed enough, you know, and usually she was referring to, or I was referring to, the character, but if you don't make that distinction, it can cause some problems in your relationship. So that was an interesting uh, thing that you have to consider when making a film about 
yourself in a better relationship with your partner. Well, the end result is worth it because the film is called Tiny, a story about living small. Uh, it is going to be screening, as I said before, on Saturday, September 28th. That's at Empire City Center uh, Cinemas, where all the AIFF screenings are going to be. Christopher, uh, how can people connect with the film a little bit more if they're hearing this and they're inspired or they see the film and they want to know a little bit more about yourself or the film? I'm glad you asked. You can go to www.tiny-themovie.com or to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash tinythemovie. And uh, we post regular updates and cool tiny house-related uh, stuff, and we have blog and all sorts of great things. So, yeah, go check that. Fantastic. Christopher Smith has been our guest on the show today. Thank you so much for talking with us. Best of luck in the future with, with Tiny as you continue on this journey, as well as uh, probably beyond this, hopefully, as well. Stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's down. I'm a vampire. I come here for the sweet treats that the humans enjoy. I'm still learning how to blend in. Am I doing a good job? I see humans buy lots of extra extreme sour black cherries. I wish they made sour blood cherries. Joining me on the phone today is uh, expatriate, I guess we could call him, uh, maybe even borderline friend of the show if he's willing to accept my friend invitation. It's Arlen Kanapaki. You may know him from scratch, uh, all his dealings with Rapid Fire Theater, more importantly for this show, High Wire Film, uh, and we're going to talk about his past cinematic history and how it relates to this town. But right now, he is talking to us from New York City, which is where he is currently pursuing his MFA degree in film direction at NYU. That's the Tisch School of the Arts. It sounds so fancy, Arlen. I know. It's, it sounds, sounds very, very fancy. And it is. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe take us back a little bit to what your reaction was like when you found out, because I know this is something that, you know, you had uh, had reached for and, you know, probably believed in yourself more than maybe some other people did around you, right? And and oh, yeah. and then what it was like to actually get that news that it's like, this is a huge move for myself. Uh, I've got to carry on from where I've been at here and extremely productive to a place where I really don't know anybody. And uh, was it scary or was it invigorating? It was a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I was very excited because uh, it's, a, it's a great school and a great opportunity, but it was definitely scary leaving leaving Edmonton behind and what I had built there and, and everything I had uh, worked towards there. I kind of had to start from scratch coming back to uh, coming to New York. So that was the scary part for sure. So this is it. You were preparing for the very end game of this. Well, take us for the first uh, couple and like maybe how it started out. And you know, you don't have to give too much detail, but just kind of what? How do they bring you along, right? How do yeah. they teach you to be a director? They take a, a class of about forty people per year, uh, and they're filmmakers from all over the world. So in my class, uh, there's people from the United States. I'm the only Canadian, but then there's people from Brazil, China. Um, Georgia, the country, um, so on and so forth. People really all over the place, and uh, they mix they mix us all together, and it's a mixture of writers, directors, 
producers, cinematographers, and um, we start making movies together. And they they give you a pretty comprehensive uh, groundwork on all things film-related. So in your first couple of years, you're taking classes on everything because NYU really believes that like a holistic approach to learning film is what makes the best filmmakers, and I and I agree. So they they give you classes in writing, directing, producing, editing, cinematography, sound, everything that you could pretty much need to make a film. And you're trained in the technical technical aspects. You're trained in the artistic uh, theory aspects. Um, and you, again, really comprehensive. And then as you go on, you can you kind of start to specialize more into what whatever you're most focused on. And throughout the whole time, you're making films with your classmates and and do shooting exercises and kind of constantly honing the craft by doing the craft, which is the great part of NYU, I think. I mean, there's a couple things that you mentioned that are really interesting. First off, that I mean, the idea that there is uh, an, a real international flavor to the classes yeah. that you have. Do you feel like, because you have to constantly work with these people uh, in various capacities, do you feel that that kind of global uh, flavor has, has influenced you in different ways, that you kind of get little things from those other classmates? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the cool thing about NYU is that, um, I mean, there's some schools like AFI will only take people who have a background in film and who are working professionals for their grad program. So that's kind of what the American Film Institute does. And some others are like that. NYU's theory is that they want to take interesting, intelligent uh, people who, who they believe have stories within them that are interesting to tell. So there's a number of people who came into my program who had very little practical film experience, uh, maybe had only shot one or two small things. But Everybody in the class, pretty much without fail, has some kind of really interesting background story, something to their life that, that's really kind of unique to them and what I think NYU saw in these people and said, you know, these people, you know, they might not have the most experience in film, but we can tell that with the, with the right training and the right experiences that, that, that these stories will come out of them. So, yeah, it's the, the, the class is extremely inspiring. There's a lot of talented people in my class, but I'm excited to see where their careers go because I think there's going to be some very successful filmmakers coming out of it. Doctor, this is a disaster. I can't be pregnant. Are you sure there wasn't some kind of mistake? I, I never make mistakes. I'm afraid it's true. Here's the ultrasound of your child. I'm sorry, that was a news week. <laughs> I made up this with your ultrasound. It's beautiful. <laughs> this will be my new chameleon. <laughs> We're speaking on the phone today with Arlen Kanapaki. We're talking to him about the program that he's currently enrolled in. It's uh, it's no big deal. It's just an MFA degree in film direction at freaking NYU. Uh, nothing big, you know. He's the only guy in Canada in it right now in his class. So uh, yeah, we're just chatting about that, uh, Arlen. <laughs> right. You know, you were like I said before, pretty prolific. You did like a ton of short films. Like you were constantly putting stuff out uh, through Rapid Fire or with Scratch, and and even on your own stuff with High Wire, and uh, and even doing feature films. I mean, if we go way back, we uh, you know uh, what is it? the greatest love story yeah. ever told, right? Like probably, all the probably better left 
<laughs> well, you know, I mean, but there's a there's a, there's kind of an arc there, even going all the way up sure, to sure. to something like Bear Trap, maybe before you sure. left. So sure. what? Because you talk about it being more comprehensive. I mean, you've already kind of dipped your toes in in every single one of those pools and being an actor, being a producer, having to be a director, a cinematographer, an editor, and all those things. Uh, Maybe give us a little bit more detail about what the intensity is of the program and maybe how it's evolving you as a filmmaker. Uh, This isn't a great comparison because not everybody has this this experience to compare it to, but I, I did the Bachelor of Fine Arts, the BFA acting program at the U of A, which is also a very intense conservatory. It's basically like you're living at school. It's like a, it's a program where you're living at school, but then on top of that, it's like if you were in a program where you were, were constantly at school, but you're in charge of, you're also in charge of producing a film on top of that. Uh, or in the case of like, I liken it to the BFA because it's like, it would be like if you were in the BFA acting program, but you were the one personally in charge of producing the plays that are going on, including on top of already uh, having your classes and acting in them. So it's very intense, and it's kind of like nonstop. But that's the great thing, one of the reasons I wanted to come to the program, because uh, of the full-on immersion into film, because it's one of, who knows how often you, you get a chance in life to kind of immerse yourself in something. To this degree, so that's what really appealed to me. And you know, living, eating, breathing film for three years solid is uh, kind of hard not to improve. <laughs> I'd have to be a real dummy not to. Does this kind of thing does it test your love for this as well? Because it, it does make you be completely immersed in it all day, every day, and, and doesn't really allow you to do a lot of other things. Does it test your will, I guess, to be a filmmaker? Film is never easy. It's such a funny thing, I think, talking about being a filmmaker or, or anything like that, because at the end of the day, there's a million jobs that are harder than, than making films and more challenging and, and uh, more grueling, both physically or mentally. You could name a bunch. But that being said, m- making a film and making a good film is one of the hardest things to do, I think, in the world, because, uh, because it requires everything of you. It, it can require the mental strength, it requires physical strength at times. It requires organization. It requires people skills. It requires artistic skills, but it also requires craft skills. And, and uh, So I feel like film is great because it kind of encompasses uh, everything, and it encompasses all industries, and it's kind of, again, kind of holistic industry that, that has an umbrella over a lot of different things. But uh, being in the center of it when you're directing or producing something, it, it, can, be, it can feel very challenging and at times overwhelming. Um, that being said, I feel like my background uh, has prepared me well, both from from my background in improv and, and being an independent filmmaker before I came here. I kind of knew what to expect, so um, I've, I've always, I, I mean, I always love film, and there's nothing else I'd rather be doing, so it's never actually made me question it, but that's not to say there's not days when I am just like, this is hell. <laughs> Yes, the the hell I always dreamed of. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The hell I I, I chose to live in. <laughs> we're speaking on the phone with Arlen Kanapaki, and we're discussing how he is currently in the MFA uh, program in for film direction at NYU. Uh, he is on the cusp of finishing up this year. Arlen, do you feel like your style or your sense of directorial vision or your sense of humor, which I think 
you know, is, is really prominent in a lot of your work, even the stuff that's a bit darker. Do you think that has evolved a bit since you've moved to New York and since you've been in the program? One of the reasons I came to NYU and when I when I was went down here for my interview with the school and was talking to people about coming, it was like my goal has all along for NYU been to come out of here having a stronger sense of who I am as, as a filmmaker and kind of honing my voice because really at the end of the day, that's what makes uh, you an artist is like having a point of view on the world, seeing the world in a specific way and filtering your experiences and your voice through your eyes in, 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 onto screen or into your art. Yeah, you know, I didn't necessarily know I had I had that voice inside me already. But when I got here and was showing people some of my earlier work, everyone was like, yeah, you do have a voice, you do have a point of view. And it kind of came out of me through people pointing it out and talking, you know, having other people see my work, that's sometimes easier than kind of seeing your own work and seeing what it's saying. But having some outside eyes and, and people kind of comment on seeing reoccurring themes or, or a reoccurring voice in my work, that really helped me kind of identify it. And now that I feel like I kind of have more of a grasp on that, um, it's let me be a bit more confident in knowing what I want to do and the kind of stories I want to tell and kind of attacking those head first. Because again, like I said, I think that's really key for any filmmaker. So what do you think your voice is? Or is that is that too hard to pin down or it sounds too self-indulgent? It does, but I'm never one to shy away from masturbation. <laughs> but I said thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, anyone I know who's listening, uh, for that mental image. I can tell what I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to dark stories. I'm drawn to um, comedy, for sure. My, my favorite genres uh, usually are comedy and horror, for the most part. So I find I take elements of both of those into a lot of what I do, provoking a reaction in the audience in both cases. But that's not... I don't know. It's, it's also hard to say. I don't necessarily feel like I want to limit myself. I guess I'm known down here among my classmates and people who know me here it's like i definitely am known for doing dark things comedic things and uh exploring both those realms but that's not to say one day i might not want to do you know a really heartwarming drama or something it's All right, so the EIFF, the Edmonton International Film Festival, kicks off this Thursday, September 26th, with the opening premiere film, Muscle Shoals, an amazing documentary all about uh, a monumentally historic recording studio in a place actually called Muscle Shoals, where some of the greatest soul acts and some of the greatest rock acts have actually recorded in that town. A fascinating documentary I saw at South by Southwest. Check it out. That's Thursday, September 26, 7 p.m. at Empire City Center Cinemas 9, where all the EIFF films will be screening. And as well, on top of that, it's a little bit extra, $20 for your ticket, but you also get an after party with the Mike Lent Band. So a lot of excitement on that Thursday the 26th as the first film is a fantastic documentary with a great band playing after the Mike Lent Band. For $20, you get a little bit of snacks, uh, some beverage in there, and it should be a good time. You can get tickets at edmontonfilmfest.com. As well as we fast forward a little bit ahead, at the very end of the festival, it's always closing night. But before that, there's a really interesting evening planned for Friday, October 4th, and that's connected to the film The Good Son, which is the story of Ray Mancini. The fighter himself will be in attendance, who is the uh, focal point of the documentary The Good Son, as well as director Jesse J. Miller in town 
for that screening. That's Friday, October 4th at the Empire Theaters, and you can be there at 7 p.m. for the film or at 6 p.m. earlier for a book signing with Ray Boom Boom Mancini. And finally, for the end of it, it's the after party. Ladies and gentlemen, not only is there one closing night film, there's two. You can check out Broken Circle Breakdown or The Right Kind of Wrong. And those will be your two final closing night films you get to choose. And with your $20 ticket, what you can do after is you'll stay right in the heart of downtown and won't even have to walk outside is you go to Zanari's and for you get a complimentary beverage, some hors d'oeuvres, and the toe-tapping, hip-swaying Bix Mix Boys. That's right. All the bluegrass you can stuff in your ears as you chat about all the great cinema that you saw throughout the week at the Edmonton International Film Festival. For more information, check out edmontonfilmfest.com. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's edition of Moving Radio. Of course, there's tons of stuff going on. Uh, right now, you can go see Drinking Buddies. I think it's a fantastic film. I saw it at South by Southwest. It's playing at the Princess Theater. Uh, I would also suggest picking up your pass or at least a six-pack for the Edmonton International Film Festival. Be prepared. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week on the live edition of Moving Radio. That's right. If you didn't hear it off the top of the show, and of course it's because it's during Fun Drive, we're going to have two one-hour live shows from 5 to 6 p.m. this coming Friday, a week from today, and also next Friday. That's the 4th of October. We're going to have some very special guests, uh, some filmmakers from Fava, The House of Heathens, Kevin Martin from Dead Fest, and maybe some EIFF appearances as well. So uh, it's going to be very exciting. Make sure you stay tuned, please. Dial it in to CGSR FM 88.5. And remember that you can donate either by calling or you can donate online at CGSR.com. Check out past episodes of the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Heck, just Google Moving Radio Podcast. You'll find it. You can find me at Twitter at Moving Radio and on Instagram at Moving Radio as well. But keep it locked onto CGSR because coming up next, it's another half hour of Feminist Radio.